0: We had a resident that was having difficulty with their motorcycle, and instead of working on it and around the property, they decided to bring it into their apartment. Motorcycle did it go then, wrong, right? <laughs> that motorcycle then, you know, had of course, you know, some sort of issue, and a spark occurred, ignited a fire, and then it came out. Not only was the motorcycle in the apartment. There was a go-kart in the apartment. It caught this other vehicle on fire and ultimately destroyed the entire apartment. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Defense Never Rests. I am joined again today by Joe. Welcome back, Joe.
2: Thanks for having me back, Megan. I really appreciate it.
1: I, I'm so glad I didn't scare you off last time and you were like, you know what, I'm going to do it again.
2: <laughs> I even uh, brought someone with me this time and it was a very exciting discussion. Um, we touched upon not only the Knicks and Succession, but also a very new, instru- interesting product that I've never heard about. So um, I was very happy to be educated by Chuck on that.
1: Yeah. So so for our listeners out there, we are joined today by Joe's old friend, Chuck. And Chuck is the regional sales director director of renters legal liability or other otherwise known as rll um and they offer a really interesting product to uh property owners who own you know like rental properties and they have renters come in and they they offer a really interesting product that i think um i've never heard of and it it I've, I've, I all I can say, I've never heard of something like this before. And I think it's um, a definite asset to both a property owner as well as their tenants um, that they offer this. It's kind of like a, a almost a bridge to coverage and it, it gives their renters a little extra coverage if something were to go wrong um, inside or at, at the property that they're renting.
2: Right. And it's a device I had never heard of, but logistically, it just makes sense. And after hearing about it, I said, you know, this should exist. And I think it's a way for property owners to maintain control over what they're doing. So I think it made a lot of sense. And I was educated.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't think anyone benefits from hearing you and I talk about it. So with that, let's just let's bring Chuck in and he can explain it better. Uh, so with that, let's bring him in. Good afternoon, Chuck. Welcome to the Defense Never Rest. How are you today?
0: I'm great, Megan. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. And I'm so happy that, that Joe is back. Joe joined me for his first podcast a few weeks ago. Didn't scare him off enough that he came back. <laughs> and he brought a friend.
2: He brought you Thanks this Thanks again for having me. It's so I'm so excited to be here again.
1: Yes. And I, I have to let our listeners know, I hopped in on the recording and, and you and Joe were uh, sharing some uh, I guess commiserating some stories about your your basketball um, careers together, <laughs> amateur basketball hour.
0: <laughs> yes, well, we uh, were first um, discussing the Knicks game last night, which um, you know, obviously had a great outcome with them advancing to the second round, and then segued into our um, you know teams you know, years ago that you know definitely didn't look as good. Um, as the Knicks last night, but we we had a lot of fun with with a couple other friends um, because Joe and I met uh, through a mutual friend. So we played for a few years together um, and it was a lot of
2: fun. Chuck was an integral component of our uh, two um, amateur champion teams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We don't have the legs that we used to, but uh, we still like to talk about it. And it was a big Knicks win last night so probably the biggest win in two decades or something oh um shining moment for a franchise that's had its up and downs
1: well i i admittedly have not been paying attention i think i heard that the sixers are are doing well i don't know did they win their series i'm not even sure
2: (laughs) they swept the the nets so they're going against the celtics in the uh in the next round and uh the sixers are very formidable they have the the MVP, probable MVP in Joel Embiid, and a former MVP in James Harden. So they're a team to look out for.
1: Yeah, well, you guys will have to keep me, keep me updated because I sure as hell won't keep myself updated on it. <laughs> we, it. We could turn this into a basketball podcast. I would be pretty silent. I would be like, <laughs> although I always watched a lot of basketball, I just have fallen out of favor of paying attention. <laughs> I blame the kids, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we did think ahead. I think we did buy Sixers shirts because for every other Philly sport this year, we are like buying the shirts at the last minute when everything was sold out. Um, so I think we may have thought ahead on this one.
2: <laughs> you saw a run coming.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, my husband may have. I don't. Know. I didn't see anything. <laughs> Um, but that's all we're here to talk about today. <laughs> so, Chuck, I'm so so happy to have you. Um, but let's you know, let's talk a little bit about you and what you do, and you know, you know why why you're here. Um, so you know, tell us a little bit of what what you're doing right now.
0: Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. And uh, our company RLL um, is a nationwide provider of Uh, real estate insurance products, and it's been really exciting to be part of our team for the last 10 years as we've continued to grow our nationwide presence, and I am one of the regional sales directors uh, based in New York. Um, I work from home and I'm not traveling, but our corporate office and where the company was founded uh, is in Salt Lake City, and the majority of our team uh, is still uh, in Utah, but we have uh, satellite offices uh, across the country as well
1: and how how did you end up there like what was your what was your career path to to where you are now
0: it was my first uh, job out of college mm-hmm. and when i was trying to figure out you know what i wanted to do after i graduated and uh, you know i had some uh, options um, i always envisioned myself um, being part of a company that was building something and something that i could you know, be part of that growth and, you know, see that uh, tangible uh, expansion. And coincidentally uh, enough, um, my father was a part of RLL for a short period of time as I was about to graduate. And, you know, with that, um, you know, vision of being part of something, um, you know, to build upon uh, and something or some company that was innovative and team oriented, you know, he, um, in many discussions that we had, uh, suggested that, you know, I explore uh, becoming part of the team. And, you know, not only did RLL, you know, have all of those uh, components uh, already in place, um, it's continued to grow and it's amazing. It's been, um, you know, 10 plus years now, um, but um, I'm just as excited then um, as I am now Um, you know, as we, you know, continue to evolve and and adapt to, you know, this chaotic insurance market, (laughs) to say the very least.
1: So, and did you say your your father, your father worked there as well?
0: Yes, and and he still does. Um, And, you know, there was no pressure from him um, at all to join uh, the company, but he thought, you know, just with what my, um, you know, vision was to um, explore, you know, being part of it. And, you know, we... Have a family component or, or dynamic, I should say, where two of the founding partners um, are brothers, and um, their friend, um, you know, was also involved. Uh, and that family type of um, structure has always been part of our DNA. Even though we've continued to grow and you know have you know fifty plus uh, team members um, at this point.
1: You know, I, my my family has a, a a business too, a little different. It's it's a restaurant, but um... I mean, there is something to be said about that, that family dynamic that I, you know, can be problematic in some instances, but also, you know, I think does foster a certain type of culture. Like it it, it makes things, I think a little more like close knit because not only is it a family run business, but like the people, you know, who work there, you treat them like family too. At least that's been my experience.
0: Likewise. And, you know, as I always joke about when when someone asks, you know, what's it like working with uh, your your dad each and every day, and he's still part of the company, uh, our relationship is a lot uh, simpler and um, uneventful uh, in the work life than it is in the personal life, you know, just because, you know, we we need to have that singular focus. And not that we have, um, you know, a a crazy, uh, you know, personal uh, connection or or, um, relationship at all, but... You know, th- those dynamics, it's a lot more structured and, it, and it's been great. And there are other family members um, that are also part of it. Um, and, you know, it's nice to see that uh, interaction because, you know, we can turn it off, you know, turn on and off, you know, th- that dynamic um, when when it needs to happen. So
1: it's not I like see. succession? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. That not. is not like <laughs> uh, It's nowhere near that. <laughs>
1: I had to throw it in there, you know,
2: (laughs) we were all thinking it
0: (laughs) (laughs) actually that didn't dawn on me, even though I am a fan of the show, but
2: uh, definitely not.
1: You're not the Roy's over there. (laughs) No,
2: no. Have you been able to blend the the personal and family dynamic and uh, the business aspect of your relationship? How has that folded together for you?
0: It does resonate. Well, uh, Joe, in in some aspects, because a lot of the uh, partners that we work with, whether it be property owners or third party management companies, also have a family uh, dynamic. Uh, So, you know, we can bond over that, um, and, and, you know, it it definitely helps to some extent. Um, But, you know, especially in the tri state area, um, which we all may or may not know, um, you know, there are a lot of family oriented real estate businesses. So, you know, it does, you know, come up in conversation quite a bit and, you know, we, you know, benefit from it and also, you know, incorporate it in our, you know, storytelling because it is an important component, you know, since, you know, that human interaction, you know, even though we're a nationwide company, you know, becomes, you know, one of our, you know, foundational components because, you know, when a partner calls or a prospect calls, you know, they're, able to speak with someone um, you know, from our team and they're not just a policy number or, or something um, along those lines.
1: So why don't we backtrack a little bit though, because we're like we're talking about your company, but we're not even letting anyone know what your company is and what you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. And then I have some follow-up questions about how it all started. Um, but, you know, let, let us know and our listeners know, like, you know, what is your company all, all about?
0: Sure. RLL Offers products to the uh, real estate industry, uh, specifically rental housing and associations, meaning condos, co ops, and HOAs. And uh, within that rental housing um, term, you know, we cater to uh, multifamily apartments, single family rental homes, student housing, um, and senior living. And our primary offering, the waiver, um, is a property centric. Uh, model where it lists the property as the named insured and it allows our partners uh, to redirect uh, exposure stemming from resident cause losses kitchen fires overflowing bathtubs are incidences that are happening regularly from coast to coast and instead of those uh, losses and the headaches that come with them you know becoming an out-of-pocket expense for property owners or having to be filed through their primary property policy. The waiver um, is a supplemental model um, that absorbs these losses and it's filed directly to our team. Uh, And the benefit is that this model um, also provides coverage for residents in most cases. So it is catering to both parties and it's introduced to residents as an amenity Typically, when they move in or renew their lease, um, where it becomes you know part of that lease package, you know where those amenities may also include trash removal or common area maintenance.
2: So, uh, just a quick follow-up: is this an insurance supplement, um, replacement, or kind of like a combination of of both for property owners?
0: Uh, It's a standalone product, Joe, where it's not replacing that primary property policy but it's offering a way to redirect that exposure where that claim occurs, uh, say a resident falls asleep cooking dinner and causes a fire. Instead of that claim being filed through that primary policy, it's being filed through our website dashboard by the property. And then we're collaborating with the property and possibly the resident and then reimbursing them uh, in, in a way that's much quicker than the standard, um, you know, industry timeline.
1: And then, do you then, since you're asking, kind of as like a conduit, as, as kind of a conduit between the the prop, the person staying in the property, the the person leasing the property, and their their renters insurance? Then do you collect from their their insurance in the in the in between?
0: How it's introduced is. Um, you know, through that renewal or new move-in phase, mm-hmm. and usually our partners embed it as additional rent, and then collect that amount each month, and then we are providing that invoice to the property owner. And through that dashboard, we're able to determine how many of their apartments are protected through the waiver, and then billing them accordingly even though they're part of the billing process, which sometimes is an objection initially during the conversation, there is also an opportunity to create an additional revenue stream for these property owners because they're involved in the process. And typically our partners um, add an amount to the base cost and then retain that difference each month for every protected apartment.
2: So this is something that could be built into a, a lease or as an amenity.
0: Exactly. And to your uh, point before, Megan, the waiver is not renter's insurance. It has similarities to it, right. okay. but there are a lot more benefits for both the property owner and the resident because you know it's underwritten and implemented on a per property basis. The property owner has the opportunity to have every per, uh, occupied apartment protected by the waiver, where a, standard renter's insurance policy cannot be done through one unique or specific provider. And from the resident standpoint, there's no underwriting that they have to undergo. If they're eligible to live there, they're eligible to fulfill their requirement through the waiver and receive their keys or renew their lease immediately because there are no protocol or paperwork that they would need to complete. So simplicity is really, you know, what we're offering as well as, you know, that revenue opportunity um, and then the potential savings, because now these losses are no longer um, being filed through their primary um, property policy.
2: And it it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility in this option that both for the property owner and the the tenant. Um, And since you have that, it's very straightforward that that lends itself to the, this flexible model.
0: Exactly. Uh, you know, it's absorbing these losses, it's improving the loss history, uh, minimizing the deductible exposure through their primary policy um, and the out-of-pocket exposure because now you know with the markets and we can touch on this uh, uh, later on, on average, property owners are experiencing increases year to year between 20 and 40%. And not that this waiver is resolving all of these issues, but imagine that a certain amount of this exposure can be absorbed by this model and come at no cost to the property owner. And it's fully compliant from an insurance and fair housing standpoint.
1: You'd mentioned that, you know, you, you're, your father works here and a number of the family members. So who started this? Like, is it, was this a, a family business that started within the family or like did someone like a, a group of, you know, people come together? Like, I'm, I'm just very curious how this got up and running.
0: It, it's a very wild story. and Oh, I'm glad
1: um, I asked.
0: <laughs> and, and one that, you know, makes this world even smaller than it, than it already feels. The founders were a collection of family members and friends in Salt Lake City. Um, The uh, primary founders were uh, two brothers uh, and their friend. Um, The friend was in CPA um, by trade. Uh, The other brother was an attorney and the other was in the business world. And they had, um, you know, relationships with property owners in and around um, Salt Lake City that were having these issues um, with regard to standard renter's insurance policies and the administrative headaches that came with making sure that each resident's policy was remaining active throughout the duration of their lease. So they put their heads together collectively and found that there was the avenue to create an alternative, um, which became the waiver. By chance, My father was involved uh, with another startup company that offered a security deposit alternative, and they were looking to expand their product offerings with a renter's insurance alternative. My dad and his team at the time uh, went to Google and found that there was this new company established in Salt Lake City. My father called the office and spoke with one of the brothers of the primary. Um, you know, founders after speaking they realized that they had a mutual relative
1: really?
0: yes <laughs> but, uh, believe it or not and they continued to discuss um, you know offering you know their products mutually and then eventually my father joined RLL uh, on a full-time basis but that initial conversation you know that you know them playing the name game um, you know, really made, you know, this a lot more than just saying, you know, we're, we're a family business, you know, th- with certain ties, it, it's a lot deeper, um, you know, th- than it, it may seem or, or the typical family business.
1: That's, I mean, I, I kind of love hearing, hearing that story, though, I mean, that, that it it, it kind of, it's like proof in the pudding that like, you know, networking works. <laughs> and you never know where it may lead you um uh, but that is a, that is a, definitely a wild story
0: one of the, uh, the or a couple of those you know uh, individuals that were part of you know the um you know initial group you know came you know they had some ex- insurance experience and then you know we're in the real estate world so that blend of experience really helped you know put together the original uh, version of the waiver
1: now when you were in college you know did in the back of your mind, did you did you anticipate that you were going to pursue you know this as your career, or did was it something that came up after you graduated? And my second part of that question too is, what did you major in in college? Like, was it already in your mind that you kind of set yourself up to move into the business?
0: Like Joe, um, you know, I, I was considering education, and both of my parents um, are. Uh, teachers um, or were teachers initially and many family members as well. So my uh, degree at Union College um, was actually a double major history and and classics. Um, But, you know, I, you know, was keeping an open mind to what what I mentioned before on possibly wanting to be part of something to build um, and, you know, offer a solution, you know, that could really Um, you know, benefit a specific market. Now, I know that is broad, um, but I think it was due to the liberal arts education at Union, you know, that was also broad that, you know, kept everything um, open at that point. Um, But I, you know, interned, you know, in in, uh, the financial world in uh, college and, and had that experience um, you know, as well as, you know, the experience from family and friends in the education field. And as I was just talking it through, you know, w- w- with my parents, um, you know, my dad had just joined RLL and said, I know that, you know, you may or may not want to, you know, be working you know, side by side with me, but I think you should seriously consider Um, You know this because everything that you're describing on what you would like at this point, and obviously that could change, is what you know we can offer, and also what I've already felt and seen uh, through RLL. And you know those uh, words really rang true.
1: I have to digress on on one thing you mentioned because you said like like Joe, you you had a history you both had a history in education Joe do you have a history in education I uh
2: I student taught I have my teacher certificate I don't re- I don't lead with th- with any conversations with this but at some point I did teach middle school for really you know, a semester. um and that's why I decided not to have kids I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> well they're only in middle school for a few years <laughs> Well, I, I have it. My, my background is in math and science. So I, and now I'm a lawyer. So, you know, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I always love to hear everyone's background on how they got to where they are because everyone has such a a just a varying degree of like where they started and where they are now. And like, I, I love hearing it because I think everyone needs to hear it because we all bob and weave in our, our career paths and, you know, it's something I always, like. I say to like my niece and nephew who are like, you know, going into college now and they're trying to decide their majors. I'm like, it's okay. You're probably gonna change your mind like six times. Like, you know, like, like, I mean, like a history and classics major. Like I kind of like chuckled because I was like, oh yeah, those are real good money maker. you know, <laughs> <laughs> good good ways to make money in majors. But, um, you know, we all just have these unique paths that we take to get, you know, to where we are and where we are now isn't necessarily where we're going to we're going to end. So
0: sure, and uh, you know, to reference one of the uh, episodes I listened to, um, you know, before being a guest myself, I, I forget the gentleman's name, but he mentioned you know, that I never would have expected to uh, establish myself in the insurance world, and I feel like a lot of individuals um, in the insurance space, um, you know, can echo the same sentiments, myself included. But I will say this: RLL. Um, is a lot more you know, than that. And I think any insurance role um, is a lot more than that because you know, we have you know, the technology aspect to it. And then also the um, interaction of our partners and prospective partners in the various associations that we are active in, you know, through the specific housing markets um, you know, that Uh, we cater to and it's a lot more um, comprehensive of course you know like any industry but you know there is a lot that comes with it that isn't as boring um, as it may seem when someone asks me you know what I do for a living because usually insurance isn't the most um, eye-opening or um, interesting topic to follow up with additional questions
1: <laughs> you know but people are so wrong about it. it's such a misconception I, I mean yes if you hear the word insurance you're like oh but there's like <laughs> as we all know it's it's much more involved than just saying oh I, I you know I'm in insurance there's so many uh, there's intricacies and caveats to it um, but we, I think it just the people need some education on you know how exciting the world of insurance is, and how it's everywhere.
2: And to kind of dovetail on that, um, I, I wanted to pick up on one of one of your points in your answer, Chuck. You mentioned the role of technology, and I I uh, envision being the waiver being um, implemented in with um, metrics monitoring and 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 taking the metrics of waiver in a way that um, traditional insurance policies potentially. in in claims monitoring uh, do not occur. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And you've been at the company for obviously for a a good period of time. How has that changed over the years?
0: The technology that was created even before I joined the team um, was and still is cutting edge because it was created from scratch and um, was customized specific to uh, the waiver. And it's a Capabilities on a standalone basis are ridiculously impressive because you know, all of this information for a company, for example, with a thousand apartments, can become specific and easy to decipher um, on an individual apartment basis, where the data, once it's received by our partner, is organized appropriately. Um, you know, in in color coordinated graphs, the reports, um, the claims process, everything is so easy. And, you know, we created it based on the feedback and the needs of our partners. You know, we had a a decent idea to build that, or I should say our IT team had a decent idea on how to build it. But from there, it's evolved and it's continued to evolve where we're um, actually, in the process of launching um, another dashboard to enhance our capabilities and to make it even easier for our partners, um, you know, in terms of um, these third-party renters insurance policies. Because some of our partners still offer the waiver as a choice, um, but the majority of them use that blanket style approach that I mentioned um, before. So we always describe it um, to, to backtrack for a moment, Joe, you know, that our offering is as much a property management tool as this unique policy. And, and the waiver you know, has right. what we describe, you know, three major components, the unique coverage because it's absorbing these losses, mm-hmm. the economic benefits that answer a revenue opportunity that mentioned before, the potential savings. And, and we can touch yeah. on that in a moment. And then this seamless administration right. you know, through this dashboard. Um, you know, that's also, you know, available through a, a mobile app um, if they prefer that uh, version.
2: And, and I think it, what it comes down to is control by the both by the property owner and the tenant, but mm-hmm. to a large degree, there's the flexibility by the property owner to implement this when if you have a, a renter's policy, like you said, upon renewal, property owner doesn't know who's carrying it potentially. When they are able to embed something in a lease or as an amenity, and they could, the the property owner could control the situation. Is that right? Exactly.
0: It's been surprising, um, you know, in my time here, how inconsistent residents are with obtaining or maintaining their renter's insurance policies. And that's where our partners and their preference shifts from offering the waiver as an option you know, to this quote unquote all in approach because there are so many variables that come with that renter's insurance policy. Will the resident provide it once they move in or renew their lease? Will they maintain it throughout the duration of their time living there? And if they do cancel it or fail to renew it, will that third party company provide notice to the property at all or in a timely manner and the majority of the time the answers are all no and it becomes extremely frustrating for our partners um, at that time because they to your point lost a lot of that control and now you know with you know this blanket style or approach it simplifies you know their lives as well as residents because most of the time you know they're not maintaining or obtaining this policy because they have no need for it or, you know, they may not understand, you know, why they need it.
1: I have, I have a question about kind of how, how this works though logistically, and maybe I'm just like not, not totally understanding. Um, so how I'm kind of hearing is you, you, you have this product that you're, you're basically selling to property owners and the property owners are um, a, like apartment building. So a, a company that owns an apartment building and they buy the waiver product from, from you and then they offer it to their tenants. Is that, is that kind of how the model works?
0: Exactly. So the relationship is formed between the property owner and RLL.
1: Okay.
0: Underwriting is done on a per property basis. The property owner is then introducing it to their residents through that lease. Either when they move in or they renew that lease,
1: and is it couched as like it as like a benefit to you know if if you come and and rent an apartment in in our building we offer this this benefit to to you um, as almost like additional coverage for for your apartment should anything go wrong and to ducktail on that can the tenants then re, like opt out.
0: So the first part of your question, Megan, uh, yes, that is the main goal from our partner standpoint and ours, to add this in the simplest way possible, and then to also make it easier for the resident to receive their keys or renew their lease. Now the waiver is primarily for the property owner. There is potential coverage for the resident's belongings or if they need to stay somewhere temporarily while their home's being repaired. Uh, But uh, to your second question, they can still obtain or maintain a third party renters insurance policy if they choose to do so. If they want additional coverage, additional perils, a a separate endorsement, just to name a few examples. So it is, a different model, and it's apples to oranges, mm-hmm. um, you know, when comparing the waiver to a uh, renter's insurance mm-hmm. policy. But the simplicity behind it, um, you know, makes it so attractive, and and why you know we're able to, you know, have a presence in all fifty states.
1: So it's it, like how I'm kind of hearing it. It's more of like it touted as a as a benefit. Like, hey, like look we as a property owner we've invested in, in this extra coverage for for our tenants um it, it you know and it, it's to help you should anything go wrong and almost allows the tenants they have an option to still get renters insurance but it kind of relieves them of that that need unless they want to insure some of their personal belongings, belongings but you know it, it almost gives them like a it's like an added benefit is how i, I how i am kind of hearing it
0: Exactly. We promote it as an amenity that is similar to trash removal or common area maintenance. And, and you know, we've we used those examples before, but it's introduced in that way, or it can be because we offer these tools or resources to our partners to simplify the introduction and their uh, templates, a flyer and a video So residents can understand what the waiver does provide them and what it may not, where they could obtain a policy from any third party company. But the most important aspect from the resident standpoint is that the waiver is protecting them up to that per occurrence limit, which is the property owners uh, choosing. Um, where they're not financially responsible, and, and that can you know avoid a, a life-altering scenario. You know, back to that example of a resident falling asleep cooking dinner. If that apartment is unprotected, all of a sudden, you know, that claim is then filed through the property owner's primary policy. That policy or that carrier then can subrogate against the resident or. Uh, try to collect, you know, for the damages that they were responsible for. And, you know, even a modest sized claim, you know, could be thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars and, and, you know, puts them in in a really um, difficult scenario with the waiver, even if it can't offer the residents coverage for their belongings, or if they're displaced, it will um, prevent them from being held responsible, you know, for, you know, that type of accident.
1: At RLL, do you have like a, a claims department? Like do you have claims handlers who are you know like adjusting the these claims that you probably see come through?
0: We do, and our claims team is incredible. And and what makes us unique is because our partners are collaborating with an RLL team member and only an RLL team member for all facets of our experience, especially claims. That claim is filed through our dashboard. And then our partner is communicating with a dedicated team member um, to expedite that process where we may not even have to have our affiliated adjusters visit the property in order to provide reimbursements because of the technology from our dashboard standpoint. um, And also that videos and photos from a tablet or a phone can be taken right when the incident happens, sent to us, and then we can provide a hard copy check or a uh, direct deposit to our partner.
1: But you don't personally get involved in claims. You're are you on the more the 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 sales side of the business?
0: Yes, I, I'm one of uh, the sales directors. Um, my territory is um, you know, the Northeast and some of the. Midwest, which obviously is a big territory, Mm -hmm. but what uh, is also unique about our company, half of our nationwide presence is through Mm -hmm. insurance companies where we have partnerships with agencies, carriers, and wholesalers, because this is all that we do, Megan. Mm -hmm. They take our offering or offerings and then market it to their network And we form that relationship that way. And once that partner of ours, you know, through an agency, a carrier or wholesaler makes that introduction, we then, um, you know, take on um, all aspects of of that experience, you know, from the presentation, underwriting, marketing material, distribution, IT support, uh, and of course, claims. And um, we have dedicated teams that, you know, handle uh, all, Um, of those components that I mentioned before, Um, but my responsibilities are are just, you know, within business development.
1: Now, even though you're not involved in claims, I'm sure you hear of some of the claims. Are there any outrageous or or like claims that you've heard throughout the years that stand out in your mind as when I, man, I didn't, I didn't ever think I was going to see this one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you know, hopefully you have a lot of Real estate uh, companies that that are avid listeners, Um, and if they are, I'm I'm sure they may be able to resonate with this particular um, story or or stories that are similar. We had a resident that was having difficulty with their motorcycle, and instead of working on it in and around the property, they decided to bring it into their apartment motorcycle then, wrong right <laughs> that motorcycle then uh you know had of course you know some sort of um, issue with, with the um motor or, or something along those lines and a spark occurred ignited a fire and then it came out not only was the motorcycle in the apartment there was a go-kart in the apartment so once this fire occurred from the motorcycle it caught this other vehicle on fire and ultimately destroyed the entire apartment
1: yeah well
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was a first um but when that type of question is asked it it comes to mind right away because it's hard to believe
1: Um, well i'm glad no no person was um, hurt in the process
0: yes and th- that's an important aspect to mention <laughs> thankfully no one was injured um, within the apartment or adjacent apartments but the photos were unbelievable you know, to see you know the type of wreckage occurred and you could see the metal frames from both vehicles um, or what was left of them.
2: I'm yeah. thinking about an accident in Super Mario Kart gone bad or, or something like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a perfect uh, example if everyone wants to visualize it.
1: Um, and I'm sure, and Joe, you probably can't help you, your Your coverage analysis is probably, you know, turning in your head. Yeah, the as... wheels are turning here. <laughs> um. Now, and you said you're in you're in all 50, 50 states but are are there any areas that you know you're seeing um i know again i know you're not in the claims but this is we do talk, we do talk quite a bit about claims on, on this podcast but are there any jurisdictions that you know you're seeing um you know more claims pop up than than others around the 50 states
0: during the winter months we have always experienced a lot of water issues with frozen pipes um, that eventually burst. And that's due to residents shutting off their thermostat, lowering yeah. it below a certain temperature, or accidentally leaving a window open. You know, if they um, you know, were getting ready for work and opened the bathroom window and forgot to close it. And, you know, with some of these cold fronts, Um, even that scenario, you know, could cause uh, an issue Uh, on an overall basis, you know, a lot of the um, issues, you know, based on these property um, increases that I mentioned before are are due to acts of nature. Um, And, you know, that obviously correlates with the frozen pipe, um, you know, scenario that that I mentioned before. Um, And, you know, with that, you know, comes, you know, ways that our partners are you know, combating those issues with transitioning to, you know, that blanket style approach, you know, through the waiver, but also, you know, installing certain technologies to minimize that exposure or um, being able to notify a team member, you know, to shut off that main water if there is a leak specifically within um, that apartment.
1: Um, I want, I, I want to shift a little bit over to though your, your personal like marketing approach. Cause you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, on this podcast too, relationships and relationship building. And obviously you are in the relationship and relationship building business cause you are out here to get more business. So, you know, when, you know, what is your approach to finding new potential clients without giving, I don't want to know proprietary secrets or anything, but what is, you, how do you target new potential clients? And then what approach do you take to, to explain the, the, your business model? And, you know, let's face it, sell, sell this idea of this waiver and, and your services.
0: Sure. What well, with the chaotic markets right now from an overall basis, we can't resolve all of those issues, but the ability to absorb these losses at no cost to the property owner because it's being introduced uh, to those residents as an amenity um, you know, is you know how we start those conversations whether it's directly with real estate companies or through our insurance partners uh, and then you know the, the savings that come you know with that redirection and the ancillary revenue opportunity where you know this um you know becomes where we're selling money in a lot of ways because of you know, the unique capability of adding to the base cost and then retaining that difference and it being fully compliant from a fair housing or insurance standpoint. And the fact that you know, this can be tracked seamlessly through this dashboard that can operate on a standalone basis, um, but also and something we didn't touch on, integrate with many of the property management software providers that our partners uh, are using. So that flow of data, when they're entering it themselves or it's being populated automatically and then transferred to our system and be organized appropriately, um, makes this very hands-off for them. And really it comes down to filing a claim, you know, when an incident occurs and promoting, you know, that this is a lot more than, you know, a standard requirement because many carriers are asking real estate companies, you know, do you require renter's insurance? And it's simply a checkbox item. The waiver is a lot more than that. And educating you know, all parties to that you know, really helps potentially exploring you know, these avenues for savings because mm-hmm. you know, these deductibles right now and the increases. Aren't probably going to um, level out anytime soon. But if you know there are ways to you know, combat you know, these headaches, you know, these can be explored um, in ways that make the waiver even more compelling than from years ago. Because Joe, you mentioned before, you know, how have you know the, the markets evolved and it's gotten a lot more challenging because of the increases. But it allows us to tell um, a, a lot more of a, a story and uh, one that they can relate to, you know, because you know we are you know now uh, at least to some extent able to redirect this exposure.
2: Right, and if if they're coming at as a instrument that they're unaware of um, the fact that it's a no cost of entry or low cost of entry, I, I would bet that they're you know they would entertain them with that conversation or that dialogue in most instances, right?
0: Exactly, it, it comes at no cost to them in most cases. There's an ancillary revenue opportunity and it's going to improve their loss history while being administered through this user-friendly platform. It makes a lot of sense you know, for them and resonates because From a corporate standpoint, it's resolving these costs and and allowing them to adjust their budgets. Uh, But then from a community level, because this is introduced through those leasing offices or electronically, the fact that this becomes an additional amenity makes it attractive to retain residents or to um, entice prospective residents to moving in there because they don't have to now obtain a policy and make sure that it's in compliance throughout the duration of their lease.
2: And have you found that the, the metrics that you use, are you able to present those to property owners in a compelling way, um, you know, through either presenting it through PowerPoint or using other technology to do that?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, given the current climate, you know, RLL has given our sales team and I, the tools, you know, to um, adapt, you know, to relying on Zoom or or LinkedIn, you know, to name two examples. We still believe, you know, that there's no substitute for human interaction and being in the same room, you know, as a a partner or prospective partner. But, you know, with the hybrid work model and events that we, um, you know, usually attend, you know, maybe not being back to even, you know, years later after the pandemic, you know, to those pre-pandemic attendance uh, um, uh, lists, it's still able to allow us to grow no matter what. um, Because prior to the pandemic, we, meaning the sales team, were on the road about half of the year. And it was great because we were able to um you know maintain those relationships or, or build um new ones
1: yeah i mean i do think that that you know we've all had to adapt to a a differing approach to you know to business relationships and, and marketing and things and i yeah i mean i think we all like the the being in the same room definitely has its benefits, but I think we've all kind of embraced to this other model that it makes it a little easier. Like this podcast, for example, got a heck of a lot easier to do when we were like, "Hey, let's just do it on Zoom," versus having everyone come in our office. Expanded our our guest base and you know and our reach. But you know, certainly there's a lot to be said about you know talking to someone face to face and um, being you know in the same same room together. Um, so how how do you see you know, things changing or evolving, I should say, moving forward?
0: From our partner's perspective and you know, conversations with, with prospective partners, um, making the waiver even simpler is, is something that they're asking for because we are now possibly one of you know, 10 amenities that their community teams are introducing to residents upon move-in or renewal. So taking more of that um, experience and you know, doing it on their behalf or, or you know, being able to um, make it even more low maintenance, you know, mentioning that dashboard before, you know, that's something that we um, you know, are gathering and um, adjusting accordingly. Um, also expanding you know, the versatility of the waiver with different coverage models um, is something that you know, we recently uh, launched where you know, we're now trying to um, market to specific um, industries or sectors within rental housing that have a need but wasn't necessarily um, you know, applicable you know years ago, specifically affordable housing um, so we're growing in that marketplace because they're sustaining losses just like you know a market rate or a conventional property would, um, as well as associations where we're continuing to grow um, in, in that marketplace. Uh, and then lastly, um, we have a captive offering um, which allows real estate companies um, in a way to self-insure, but then um, enhance the coverage and revenue capabilities, um, compared to the standard model of the waiver, which we've been touching on. Um, And those components or facets that we um, are already incorporating or soon will be, um, is changing or or adapting to the landscape, all based on the um, overall Premium and deductible increases. You know, all of this is is reactionary. You know, because their costs are skyrocketing. How can we combat them to some extent? Not that you know it, it can be removed altogether, but it it, it will all. You know, these um, features will all help them. Um, you know, balance. You know, you know that financial responsibility now through their standard policies.
2: This sounds like a high growth. Um business model. Um, and also, it sounds like a continuous revenue stream, because I don't see any particular reason why a, a property owner would want to stop using a waiver once they onboard that um, to their schematic. I mean, because it's a it's in almost all situations, I assume it's going to be a net bottom line profit for their, their model, right?
0: Exactly. And you know, we always envisioned making this as simple as possible you know from a top down approach right now most of our relationships are introduced through the community offices or leasing offices where we're now forming relationships or discussing them where you know this would be embedded you know through the carriers themselves and you know that type of discussion is becoming more and more frequent because the carriers you know are also struggling um, like the property owners. And if we can absorb the losses for the property owners, the carriers are, are just as interested.
2: Right.
1: You know, I, I might be reaching a little too far out, out, outside the box, but, you know, is there any um, or is there a place for this waiver in, in the commercial real estate uh, area? Because I could see how, or at least in, in my mind being not in your business, but I could see how, you know, I just think of like these, you know, larger co- commercial buildings that have several, you know, commercial tenants in them. And I could see, at least it sounds like it, it could work in that, in that kind of environment as
0: well. It, it's a question we get regularly. Um, right now, though, um, it's not a fit, mm-hmm. but we continue to discuss, you know, how it could Um, you know, be structured, you know, for, you know, an office building or some sort of uh, warehouse, to name two examples.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I think it's a little bit different, because obviously, within the commercial space, you have businesses that are carrying probably large, they're going to be carrying a, a commercial business policy. So that might, that probably bridges the gap of anything that this, that the waiver would cover that it's different from a rent, like someone who's renting, you know, a, a an apartment or a condo or whatever it may be. Um, but just was curious if that was something that is considered.
0: Not right now, but possibly um, because <laughs> many of our partners, you know, have uh, mixed use properties, you know, yeah. with you know office or retail um, intertwined, you know, with um, apartments above or you know on the same floor or standalone. Uh, commercial properties, and they've asked, and, and you know, we, we've uh, explored them, but it, it wasn't, you know, a, a natural um, transition at this point. Um, but you know, it, it is something that we continue um, to explore.
1: So, you know, we're almost out of time, but I have a few, you know, follow-up or closing questions, though. But you know, what what do you dislike the most about your job? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll follow what you like the best, but I want to hear what you <laughs> like, like the least first. <laughs>
0: well, it To backtrack for a moment it, is something we, we previously touched on, on you know the landscape right now on um, how we're communicating. And these resources that RLL has provided us with Zoom and LinkedIn subscriptions have been extremely helpful um, you know to continue our growth. Um, but... Not being able to, you know, connect at certain events or you know to call an office line, you know, where you know those individuals were typically there um, five days a week, and now maybe one or two days uh, makes it challenging because you don't obviously want to bother them with their um, if their cell phones are listed in their email signatures or things of that nature. So you know, having that um, consistent flow, um, you know prior to uh, COVID, you know, that's really no longer uh, relevant has made it challenging, but you know, with the other um, avenues, you know, we you know have been able to uh, adjust um, very easily because the majority of our team was working um, remotely anyway, or had the ability to work remotely. So once, um, you know, the pandemic, um, Really occurred, we were able to adjust accordingly, and we had already been using uh, Zoom. So, lacking that human interaction would be um, the 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 most difficult part. um, You know, the last three years.
1: Yeah. Uh, But what 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 would you tout as your favorite part about your job? Our team, other than that, you work with your dad. (laughs) 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 That's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Our team, because even though we're scattered around the country. We are like-minded and have this collaborative nature about ourselves where everyone is accessible regardless of um, their role in the team, um, which makes it so easy to discuss certain ideas and um, be able to address a certain need from from a partner standpoint where we continue to grow And the technology allows us to grow and to stay nimble in terms of how many team members we have. But um, as we grow and now that we're, um, you know, over 50 team members, nothing has changed when we were much smaller. And that makes it um, a really easy uh, working experience, um, even if, you know, we're relying on Slack, Zoom, um, or or picking up the phone, um, you know, where when we do get to time to to spend together, you know, things feel, you know, very much, um, you know, the same, you know, because, you know, that feel to it is as as if we're all working in the same office.
2: Chuck, I do have one last question for you. Um, By the time everyone hears this, it may or may not be relevant, but any predictions for the next heat series, uh, (laughs) who will win and how many games? Not to put you on the your your fire here. This may
0: be the most difficult question so far. (laughs) (laughs) I like their chances against Miami, even though they've been extremely difficult um, year in and year out with, with their playoff experience. But I think the Knicks will beat them in seven games.
2: Okay. I'm going Knicks in five. (laughs)
0: i I would be more aggressive than that but and i'm not superstitious at all but yeah definitely
2: given their history but (laughs) i'm still going with it
0: (laughs) yeah the the knicks have been really impressive so far miami has you know a a tradition jimmy butler has been incredible um but but i think they can offset that and and sneak into the conference finals which is unbelievable uh, as i'm sure you would agree joe um, if we were to think that this was a possibility at, at the beginning of the fall, um,
2: yeah. They had season tickets last year and I would say this, I would echo that. <laughs> <This> is, too, <laughs> bad, too bad I didn't renew them because I would be very happy right now.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, one thing before we let, let you go, Chuck, though, so I am curious about this, though, since this is the pretty, this is the only job that you've had, you know, since you graduated college, if you could go back and try something else or another career, is there any other you know career that you're like, oh, that would have been really cool to do, other than Before, a professional basketball player? I'm going to take that one away from you.
0: <laughs> that w- was never uh, on the table whatsoever. I, I think my ceiling was when Joe and I were playing together in New Jersey um, and and having fun uh, with a couple other buddies. But I was seriously considering coaching. um, I I played um, college football at Union and and, uh, in high school as well. And I spoke with the staff while I was at Union. And um, unfortunately, I was hurt my junior and senior year, but was still active and and attending practices and meetings. And really, it, it was a way to experience it Yeah, as close to it being firsthand, you know, shadowing the coaches. And my appreciation for what they did significantly increased. But on the other hand, it became apparent that this wasn't necessarily for me because of the demands, the lifestyle, and the fact that, especially on the college level, you know, they may be living somewhere completely different on a year-to-year basis, depending on you know, wh- what goals they had. And, and that necessarily wasn't for me. I, I was able to help out um, after college um, with a couple of high schools um, in and around Bergen County where I grew up uh, through Joe and, and my uh, mutual friend um, and a coach, you know, through Ridger High School where I went, um, who, who's still a, a, a very good friend of mine, um, so that was, you know, something that I was really considering and not that I would ever suggest going through three knee surgeries to find out that a, a career wasn't necessarily for you, but that's how it happened. Um, and I'm glad it did, um, you know, because it, that appreciation was there, but, um, you know, also you know, that it wasn't for me became quickly apparent.
1: Well, you can always coach kids sports now, right? <laughs>
0: Well, after Joe's ringing endorsement <laughs> of teaching in middle school, that's not really making it uh, very enticing
1: <laughs> i will I will say I, I coach my my daughter's teams, and it it does take a whole lot of patience because you have those kids out there that, I don't know their parents just want them to get the experience and they don't even know what sport they're playing or what team they're playing on they don't pay attention to anything but then you're like well they're nine so <laughs> can't be that hard on them but it is it can be a little frustrating
0: I can imagine
1: <laughs> well Chuck I thank you so much for for joining us um I appreciate you taking the time. I thank you Joe for getting Chuck to, to come on. Um, but why don't you take a second to just share where people can can find find you if they, you know, if they could use um, you know, to get in touch and see if they, they the waiver could be helpful to their their property or their business, you know, just throw it out there.
0: Well, thank you for that opportunity. Um, our website is rllinsure.com. Uh, that's insure.com We have plenty of material uh, and videos that um, you know, highlight our services. Um, my email address is also listed on our website. If not, you know please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and, and I can send you uh, both you know, my contact information if you do have any direct inquiries. Um, but our website uh, is really easy to navigate and even you know, just submitting a simple uh, request know we can connect um hopefully in person but if need be we can rely uh on zoom
1: all right well thank you so much of course you know to everyone listening out there if you like what you hear please like and subscribe to the defense never rests on apple podcast you can also find us at youtube at tv and our podcasts. thank you